Do we not serve a great God? Amen. Brethren, turn with me to Psalm 97. Psalm 97. Before reading, I want to make three distinctions, three divisions in this chapter. Verses 1 through 6, for the description of God's omnipotence and dreadfulness to sinners. Verses 7 through 9, for God's people rejoicing at his choice of them and confounding of the wicked. Verses 10 through 12, for exhortation to godliness for those that know the true God. Psalm 97. The Lord reigneth, let the earth rejoice, let the multitude of isles be glad thereof. Clouds and darkness are round about him, righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his throne. A fire goeth before him and burneth up his enemies round about. His lightnings enlightened the world, the earth saw and trembled. The hills melted like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. Confounded be all they that serve graven images, that boast themselves of idols. Worship him, all ye gods. Zion heard and was glad, and the daughters of Judah rejoiced because of thy judgments, O Lord. For thou, Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. Ye that love the Lord, hate evil. He preserveth the souls of his saints. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for righteous, for the righteous, and gladness for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Verse 1. The Lord reigneth. Many today are scared of the thought of a sovereign God. Consider evolution, Arminianism, and other atheistic religions. If they were right, how much worse would the world be if it could even exist? God has made the earth a beautiful place with life that could never have been created any alternative way, and even send sunshine on the evil and the good. Let the earth rejoice. Verse 2, clouds and darkness are round about him. Darkness and clouds emphasize the invisibility and the mystery of God. He cannot be seen by man, nor can man fully comprehend God. Man cannot even imagine God, and unlike most things trying to be imagined by man and unseen, God greatly exceeds any attempt of man's imagination of him. Righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his throne. God never deviates from righteousness or judgment. He is so perfected in righteousness and judgment, they are the habitation of his throne. He is ever with them. No matter what decision he makes, it is founded in righteousness, perfect righteousness and perfect judgment. Three, a fire goeth before him and burneth up his enemies round about. God is not slack in his destruction of the wicked. He does not verbally abuse, starve, or simply crush them. God uses the most painful element to destroy his enemies. Are we one of his enemies today? Man cannot serve two masters. You are either his enemy or he loves you and you love him. Several verses are coming to determine which one you are. Verse 4. His lightnings enlightened the world. The earth saw and trembled. God's power causes the very earth to falter just at his sight. A cross-reference here would be God's presence at Mount Sinai in Exodus 19.16. There was thunder and lightnings. All of the people of Israel trembled just at his presence and the results of his presence. Five, the hills melted like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The greatest structures man can picture, mountains, have melted like nothing 
before the presence of God, just at his presence. Again, a reference to Mount Sinai and the Lord's greatness. Verse 6, the heavens declare his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. No one has an excuse not to worship God. All see his glory. All know that there is a God in control. God will judge the human race because they saw his glory and did not worship him accordingly. We will be judged if we do not worship him according to the knowledge which we have, which is far greater than other men. Verse 7. Confounded be all they that serve graven images, that boast themselves of idols. Worship him, all ye gods. When idolaters see God's sovereignty, they are confused. The highest beings that we can imagine in our depravity fall as nothing before God. Consider God even sends hints to the heathen at times. Consider the statue of Dagon and the statue of Mary. And yet, heathens and us in our depravity are too foolish to understand, to see the Lord is there. So how should we respond to this dreadful God of verses 1 through 7? Should we mourn, put sackcloth and ashes upon our heads, uh, just be sad? No. Zion heard and was glad, and the daughters of Judah rejoiced because of thy judgments, O Lord. We should rejoice in our God's justice and that he has chosen us to know him and judge the heathen. Verse 9, For thou, Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. We should rejoice that we serve an omnipotent God, above, nay, far above all gods and high above the earth. Verse 10, Ye that love the Lord, hate evil. Yes. In order to be able to rejoice in the Lord, and in order to be able to receive the blessings in the latter part of this chapter, there are conditions. The first one is to hate evil. Yes. The world today dislikes extremes. The, world, the word hate is too extreme for them. That is why they cannot understand God's judgment. But brethren, we serve an extreme God. To name a few places in the Bible where God hates sin and sinners, Psalm 5, 5, 11, 5, 45, 7, Proverbs 6, 16, 8, 13, Isaiah 61, 8, Zechariah 8, 17, and Revelations 2, 6. Not counting the places where he commands us, his children, to hate sin. Brethren, don't play with sin. Run from it. David didn't play with it. If you get close to the line, you will get burned. Run away from the line and hate sin. He preserveth the soul of his saints. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. When we follow that commandment and hate sin, he declares us his saints. And when we follow it, the Lord will protect us and deliver us from the wicked and our enemies. Verse 11, light is sown for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. Two more conditions, righteousness and uprightness in heart. If we follow these, God will give us light to help us follow him. David asked in several places in the Psalms to give me light to follow him. Psalm 13, 3 and to enlighten his ways so they can follow the Lord better. Yeah. We can do this if we live righteously, and he will give us gladness while we do it. Amen. Verse 12. Rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Yes. While the world is and will be in despair about the constant holiness of God, we should rejoice and give thanks to him for it. Yes. In line with previous sermons, God in his mercy sent his son. Just think of a great reason why we can rejoice in his judgment. And in, he was a perfect propitiation for our sins. He covered us in his blood. Now because of his holiness, because of his judgment, and, and our Savior interceding for us, he cannot not save us. We have assurance because of his judgment that he will save his elect. He has said it and he won't go back. 
we should be so joyful in his righteousness and his judgment. So, in conclusion, I want to emphasize three points to this psalm. One, our God is more dreadful than anything man can imagine. Two, our God is holier than anything man can imagine. And three, we can rejoice in both God's judgment and awfulness if we hate sin and live uprightly. May the Lord be praised with these words and how we live them in the following week.